St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Our worship leaders today are organist and choir director David Berry. Scripture readers are Tim and Nicholas Blum and Jean Boutreau. Our psalmist is Tom Good. And we have a special treat today. Our children's message is given to us by Sheila Black. And I am Susan Brazier. Let us worship God. We are called to love God with all our hearts. We will do so when we welcome those tossed aside by the world. We are called to love God with all our souls. We will do so when the brokenness around us transforms us into more compassionate people. We are called to love God with all our minds. We will do so when we think less of our needs and see each person as our neighbor, our sister, our brother. Let us worship God. The desert is a dangerous place. People don't go there unless they have to. No food grows in the desert. No water to be found in the desert. If people don't have food or water, they die. At night, it's very cold in the desert. And in the day, it's blazing hot. The wind blows in the desert and changes the landscape. It's very easy to be lost in the desert. No one goes there unless they have to. The people of God left Egypt went through the water and followed Moses into the desert. They were happy. They were free. And Miriam led in the dance. They could go wherever they wanted. They could do whatever they wanted. But where would they go? And what would they do? Would it be the best way? The people of God followed Moses. 
but they began to grumble. They were hungry. They continued on, but they began to complain because they were thirsty. Moses prayed to God, and God provided. Finally, they reached Mount Sinai. But they were afraid. All along, the people had followed a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke during the day, and that fire and smoke was all over the mountain. They would not go near. They would not touch it. Moses was the only one brave enough to climb the mountain meet with God. He could not see God. But Moses came so close to God. And God came so close to Moses that Moses knew what God wanted him to do. God loved his people so much that he gave, he told Moses, to write the 10 best ways to live on tablets of stone and take them down to the people. Don't serve other gods. Make no idols. To worship. Be serious when you say my name. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. Don't kill. Don't break your marriage. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't even want what other people have. Now, I wonder which of the commandments was most important. Do you know that Jesus was asked that question? Do you know what he answered? Listen now to the rest of our worship and you may find the answer. And there's a place on the back of your bulletin to record your thoughts. Will you pray with me? Dear God, Spirit, loving Jesus, help us to follow your Ten Commandments. Amen.
Please join me in prayer. Lord God, send us your Holy Spirit as we listen to the scriptures this day. Open our ears to hear your word speaking in these words. Open our hearts to receive your word and respond in love and service for Christ's sake. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, and verses 15 to 18. Listen now for the word of God. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The song this morning is the first song, and as you will have noticed over the past few weeks, Susan has a particular enthusiasm for the Psalms and for the Psalms as music. And we've done a number of things. We've done them as recitation with refrain. We've done them as musical settings. We've done them as responsive. Today, let's add one more thing to that particular range of ways in which we attend to the Psalms. Some of you may be familiar with the tradition of cantors and chanting. And today I want to provide you with a refrain and then a chanted version of this first song. So I'm going to ask David just to give me an F major chord so that I end up in about the right spot. The refrain is, Happy are they who trust, who trust in the Lord. And if you were all singing, I'd have you sing that at three points, at the beginning, after the third verse, and at the very end. But today we won't do that. Instead, simply... Happy are they who trust, who trust in the Lord. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seats of the scornful. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on God's teaching day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due seasons with leaves that do not wither. Everything they do shall prosper. It is not so with the wicked. They are like chaff which the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand upright when judgment comes, nor the sinner in the counsel of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall be destroyed. Happy are they who trust, who trust in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. 
I love Sheila's Bible lesson this morning about the Ten Commandments, or as Sheila framed it, the Ten Best Ideas. In so many ways, the Ten Commandments are like a summation of the Judeo-Christian faith. Essentially, I like to think of these Ten Commandments as God's top ten list. I always find it interesting about what made the list and what didn't. Being industrious and successful did not make the list, although you will certainly find it in the book of Proverbs. However, the important commandment to stop, to rest, is one of God's top ten. In our overstressed, overobligated, overworked, overdrive world, I find it interesting how often we completely fail to observe the commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Actually, the full text of this commandment explicitly states that we should not work on the Sabbath, nor should any member of our household. We should take one day each week and set it aside for rest. I wonder how many people sitting, listening to this podcast right now, feel guilty, actually guilty, when they stop, when they rest, when they read a book for pleasure, solve a Sudoku puzzle, or binge watch the great Canadian baking show. Rest is important. It is on God's top 10 list. Not to rest is a sin. Think about that. Show yourself some mercy. Tell that inner critic of yours, it can rest too. Of the Ten Commandments, I'm also rather partial to the idea of honoring your father and mother as a mother of three sons, who I wish we'd call a little more often. I appreciate God's support of parents. It's funny. I can remember being a very little girl sitting in my Sunday school class when my teacher asked the question about which of these Ten Commandments was the greatest. I remember thinking really hard about that, I, and I couldn't figure out which one mattered the most. Maybe not to lie, not to steal, I just didn't know. I clearly recall feeling frustration and puzzlement by the question. In our Gospel reading this morning, a lawyer, yes, a lawyer, asked Jesus the question of his opinion of the most important of the commandments. Listen now for the word of God. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is a word of God for the people of God. Returning to my Sunday school classroom and my memory of learning of Jesus' answer to the question about which commandment is the greatest, 
I have to confess that I felt a little cheated. Jesus didn't choose from the list presented. He made up his own answer. I remember thinking, that's not fair. But what Jesus says is really all there is to say. Love God, love your neighbor. Everything else is commentary. Of the Ten Commandments, the first four are about what we owe to God, and the next six are about what we owe to each other. Jesus just provides us with the cliff note version of God's ten best ideas. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. We first encounter the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, when God provides instructions to Moses shortly after the Israelites escape Egypt. As with any law, humans need clarification, and thus begins the development of the rabbinic code contained in the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. By the time the Jews were done, they had determined that there were 613 laws. Jean read to us this morning from Leviticus. The fuller text of this Levitical passage is in many ways just a restatement of the same Ten Commandments. Leviticus contains a collection of regulations and rituals that can be pretty laborious to work through, similar perhaps to reading the Statues of New Brunswick. A little dry, tedious, sleep-inducing, a great cure for insomnia. But I would encourage you not to skip over Leviticus too quickly. It is more than just ancient rituals. Oh, on the contrary. Critical ethical elements fuse with and are even informed by these rituals. Look carefully and we can see the moral basis behind each ritual act. Chapter 19 of Leviticus sets forth directives that still speak to us as we wonder how to make our lives unique and meaningful. One scholar, a rabbi, paraphrased the passage that Jean read for us this morning as follows. Respect your mother and father. I would like to note that in Leviticus, mothers come first. Make one day every week separate from the others and sanctify it with your rest. When you reap your harvest, Always leave a segment for the poor and the lonely. Deal honestly with those you encounter. Pay people their wages before they go home at night so that they should not want for money or food. Remember that you were a stranger in the land of Egypt, so treat the stranger as a citizen. Judge others fairly and love your neighbor as yourself. The word love in ancient Hebrew that is used in this Levitical passage only appears four times in the Old Testament. From the grammar, it is quite clear that love does not mean some sort of emotion. It means doing, it's an action verb. As in, as in the concept of do good to God or do good to your neighbor. Jesus tells us that we are to love God with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our minds. I have often been puzzled by how we go about loving God with every globule of our being. What does it mean to love God with all your mind? 
Certainly that must mean taking time to ponder scripture, even the boring parts found in Leviticus. I think the psalmist also offers us insight when she writes, Happy are those who delight in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. Truth be told, life does get much simpler when we put our efforts into living honorably and holding God in our thoughts. When we delight in the law of the Lord, when our efforts are focused on doing good for our neighbors. In the past few weeks that I have been with you here at St. Andrews, you have captivated me with your devotion for doing good for your neighbors. A plea goes out for masks for children or food for the Fredericton Community Kitchen or our blessing bags for the poor in our neighborhood. Suddenly, there are folks socially distanced, mask wearing, armed with sewing machines and scraps of fabric, manufacturing teeny masks for first graders. Random food items suddenly appear in our collection bins and on our pantry shelves. How are you called? to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? How is God calling you to love your neighbor as yourself? You will never know if you don't take the time to listen for God. And that time for listening is found in rest. Just remember, as we go about all this doing good, God still commands us to rest. Rest is essential. Rest is holy. Rest is sacred. You cannot work if you do not take time to restore your soul. The work will still be there. Rest makes the top 10 list. Set aside one day and sanctify it with your rest. As with any relationship, you need to make time for God, just as you make time for your friends, your children, your spouse. This holy rest creates a space for you to listen for God and to discern God's will. It creates space for you to receive God's love that God has for you. Learning to love and care for yourself is also part of learning to love and care for your neighbor. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Faithful God and holy friend, we do not have enough words to thank you for all you have given us and the love you have shared with us in Christ Jesus. In the silence of this time, help us to review the week just past, remembering the ways we encountered you in the beauty of creation, the support of friends, the wisdom of books, the joy of music, the energy of exercise, and through study and prayer. 
God of comfort and challenge. We are grateful for your presence in these uncertain times at home, at work, and at school. We give you thanks for your attention to the small details and the large responsibilities we face. Be with us as the months of the pandemic continue. Give us patience to keep each other safe and to make us attentive to the needs of those around us. In silence, we name before you those who are finding these days especially difficult. God of persistence and inspiration, we remember before you the many who struggle to recognize your presence or fail to hear your voice amid the competing voices in our world. We pray for those feeling depressed and anxious, those facing grief and loneliness, and those who are worried about their health or their security. Do not forget these people even if they forget you. Comfort them and fill them with peace. God of justice and leadership, we pray for our country and for all other nations facing this immense challenge with COVID-19. Guide decision makers and keep hearts of those with resources open to those who have not enough. We pray for places where justice is lacking, where violence threatens, or where leaders are untrustworthy. Strengthen voices of wisdom and acts of courage and compassion to tend to the needs of the people most at risk. God of grace and guidance, you call us to be your hands and feet, your voice and comfort to the world, following the example of Jesus. Equip us to respond to the needs around us in his name and make us bold enough to get started right here and right now. For we dare to pray the words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, and help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.